Hey, what's up there? My name is Doug. Welcome to episode one of the 3113 podcast. And today we are going to talk about one of my favorite bands, the Deftones. And uh, the Deftones have a new record coming out next week entitled Ohms. And I thought it would be a very good time to dive into their discography again and kind of talk about where uh, like where I was when these records came out and how I first got introduced to the band. Um, I've seen them live a few times and I'll go into that as well. And I've got, um, I listened to each record in the last two days. I listened to all of them and uh, I've listed like my top four songs off of each one. And uh, we'll just go through them starting at the top. Um, Adrenaline, released October 3rd, 1995. I was in high school, which makes me feel old as fuck. Uh, I would have been in 11th grade. And um, I think my friend Corey introduced me to the Deftones. I think him and uh, another friend of mine, Brandon, were listening to them out in the parking lot at the high school. And he's like, dude, you got to check out this band, the Deftones. Like, they're fucking rad. And I think he was playing the song Seven Words, and it sounded pretty cool. It's like it, it hadn't sounded, it didn't sound like anything I'd ever heard before at that point. And uh, I was like, yeah, that sounds cool, man, you know. And I don't know if I'd seen something else on, uh, like, on MTV later on or whatever that kind of caught my attention, but um, I don't even know when exactly that they caught, like, I guess how they caught, I caught on to them where I go, yeah, I want this record. I got to listen to this. This is really good. And it could have be, um, it could have been when we, my friend and I saw them live. Um, the first time we saw them was with Korn and Ozzy. And uh, nobody in the fucking audience seemed to really care about the Deftones or Corn, and I mean, truth be told, I was there for Corn, um, and I think my friend was too, because uh, their first record came out and the Deftones' first record came out around the same time. So they were both on tour with Ozzy. They're like their first cross-country tour, I guess, or whatever. And uh, like they came out and played their show, and it was pretty fucking badass. It was abrasive. And it was heavy, and it was, it was fucking nuts. Like, I remember Chino did a, he was singing at one point, and he did, a, like, a front flip and just landed on his back, and he just laid there while the, while the band was playing. And then at one point, he just kind of rolled back up onto his feet and then just kept singing. What the fuck? Like, I've never seen that before. And, uh, yeah, I mean, like, my friend and I were just fucking, like, we were just totally into it, I think. I mean, we had, to, like, this, the arena was seated except for the floor. And so, I, like, I remember telling the guys standing next, sitting next to us, I was like, hey, do you mind if we just, like, stand up and just fucking get crazy a little bit? He's like, yeah, man, go for it. Do whatever you need to do. And so it's like everybody else is sitting and the two of us are standing up banging heads and just getting crazy in the show. Yeah, it was good. And um, I remember when we left, like I was walking out 
and I looked up at the at the seats, and my friend Corey and Brandon were sitting up there. Like I didn't even know they were going to the show, but they were there too. So that was pretty cool. Like we were all there at the show, and it was awesome. So adrenaline. Uh, my um, my favorite songs off the record are uh, title track, or not the title track. We don't have one. <laughs> It's a uh, first track, Bored, and we got Nosebleed and Root and Seven Words. And this, I don't know really how to describe this record. It's, um, it has kind of like a, it sounds kind of bleak at times, I think. And it's very harsh and abrasive. It doesn't have like, it's not a very like warm sounding record as some of their other later records come into where they really I guess they change their sound a little bit and like really really come together as a band like just pre pretty much from then on like all their records it's just it's fucking stellar um they're one they're one of the bands that I've followed since since the beginning. So I mean this is since fucking high school. Like nineteen ninety five when this record came out. And I'm still following this band. And it's twenty twenty now. And which twenty twenty can go fuck itself. But uh Yeah. There's a few bands that are still active. Um that I follow. And I've followed for quite some time, and I try to, um, I try to uh, buy all their records when they come out. And if I would have this year, um, if I could have, uh, go and see them live. Um, try to get the merch. Try to support the band. The Deftones is one of them. Um, I haven't seen them in quite a few years. Um, last time I saw them was at, uh, First Avenue and it was for, I believe it was when they were on tour with Diamond Eyes. I think that's what it was. So that's like two fucking albums ago. Diamond Eyes came out in 2010. So yeah, about 10 years. It's pretty crazy. Um, yeah, so like, uh, I do remember with Adrenaline that once, I think once I saw them live and I had the tape, I had the cassette tape, I didn't have a fucking CD at the time, I have a CD now, but I remember that album got played a lot in my car, so this entire record, all 10 songs, like, it was one of those things where... I just put the tape in and I just let it play and it's done. I flip it over and I listen to that side too. It wasn't really a lot of fast forwarding and skipping songs. It was, I listened to the whole record as a fucking whole, which I think a lot of us did. A lot of us that were really into music, we did that kind of thing. And, uh, yeah, those, those four songs are the ones I think, um, that I really connected with. There's some, like, some really cool bass lines, like um, Root has a really cool bass line that it, it follows the guitar line, but uh, 
it's I think they still play it live today. It's just it's one of their I guess it's one of their biggest hits as far as like the audience goes. I don't think it was released as a single or anything, but I guess I don't even really know. I'm not gonna say that I know everything. I can actually look, but uh No. It doesn't look like it. It doesn't look like they released it as a single. So, but if you ever, uh, if you ever saw them live or you see live footage or you just look up the song Root, yeah, it's pretty fucking badass. Um, let's move on to the next one, which is Around the Fur, released in August, or I'm sorry, October 28th, 1997. And I specifically remember... Um, I was at my grandma's house at the time, so 97. Uh, let me see. Yeah, I was in, um, I was in the Marine Corps Reserves at the time, and I think I was in between apartments. I was trying to find an apartment or something, and I think I was living at my grandma's house, and uh, I was living in my grandma's basement, and uh, MTV was on. And I was talking to uh, I was talking to a friend of mine on the phone, and I think it was it was either the music video or it was a commercial for um, the first song, "My Own Summer." Shove it, and like the video, like the MTV would play like a snippet of a video or something. It was like, yeah, you know this, like Deftones new record, you know this, and then the first single, and. That came on, and the I think it was the chorus of the song where he's screaming, and then he's they're yelling "shove it." And if you've ever heard the song, you know what I'm talking about. But when I saw that, I was like, "Holy fucking shit! That sounds so good!" I was like, "Holy fucking a!" And I was just like, I was talking to I was, I was talking to a girl on the phone, and. And she's like, what are you, what are you freaking out about? I was like, man, you like, you got a fucking, you like the Deftones new record coming out. I was like, you just, I just saw this. It's like, it just sounds so awesome. I was like, I was just freaking out about it. She probably didn't give a shit, but like it's, it's just when music is that fucking good. And especially back then when it's like music was fucking everything, it's kind of waned off a little bit nowadays because parenting takes over a lot of shit, but Man, back then, like a band's a band's record, like when I was a kid from like when I was fourteen and all this stuff, when discovering music and coming up in here and like this kind of thing with the, like their second record, you know, we just I guess I don't know how other people did it, but I would flip a nut over a new record, especially a band that I love and like it just sounded so good, and "Around the Fur" is one of my favorite Deftones records, cause it's just it's fucking it's tight front to back. The entire thing is so good. It's another album that I just um, I listen to the entire thing, constantly, constantly. It was always in my car. Crank the fuck out of it, and. You know, the Deftones were part of this um, new metal movement 
which was like, you know, you had the Deftones, you had Corn, you had Cold Chamber. I think, I don't think Fear Factory got lumped into there. Um, I could see how you might lump them in a little bit, given that the like simplistic riffs and stuff, but I don't really think Fear Factory was in on that until maybe a little bit later. They kind of, and their sound was a little bit different, but um, yeah, a lot of that stuff that came out around that time, a lot of us were listening to, and especially once I got into, um, this would have been around the time that I was actually getting into uh, playing with in a band with some friends of mine, and the Deftones were a huge band that we listened to, and Cold Chamber as well, those um, you know, there was like there was just a ton of fucking shit that was out there, and um, they're not labeled new metal anymore because, especially with their third record, White Pony, um, it kind of changed. It's it's not really like they changed their sound. It's just that they had more of an experimental tone to their music, and as of then. It just, uh, it went in, a di it kind of went in a, like a different direction and just kind of, they threw away that, that fucking tag. It's more like, it's, ex it's like a metal band, but they're more experimental and you can't really just call them like a, like a one dimensional kind of band. It's like, oh, we've just got these like chunky riffs and screaming because it isn't like that at all. Um. Because one of the like one of the unique things about the de the Deftones is they have a like a light, like a light and a dark kind of juxtaposition in their music. So it's like a lot of you know they Chino might uh, have some soft like soft singing parts, and then he busts into like this primal screaming like insane shit and then you've got like metal riffs on it and just like crazy fucking drums and it just goes from this like high and low thing it's like it's really it's really like delicate and then it busts into like this bust your head open essentially and that's that's one of the really cool things about the Deftones and you know there's a lot of bands that do that do that kind of thing like um, Opeth has that kind of that light and dark thing going on where they'll have like acoustic passages and then they'll go back into especially some of their older stuff. So it'd be like acoustic guitars or singing and then they'll go back into like death metal and blast beats or something and it's it just creates this this uh I don't know what the fuck it is, this dynamic I guess where it actually like the softer parts make the heavier parts heavier and it's it's really fucking cool. And the Deftones are really fucking good at that. And especially once they started getting into their like white like white pony where they would add more um like uh, they had they added their DJ as a a permanent member on the third record and he would add all these soundscapes and stuff and all the experimental noise and all that kind of thing and just brought it all together and like filled out the sound and it works really really fucking well but uh 
Yeah, so around the fur. I mean, um, that was probably, that's the second time I saw the Deftones. They were on the Warp Tour, um, and it was when the Warp Tour met OzFest. So that was, and it was one ticket, and that was in fucking insane lineup. Because, um, and also like on the this record, um, the song Head Up, they have a collaboration with Max Cavalera of Sepultura, Soulfly, and Cavalera Conspiracy. And um, I think Soulfly was on OzFest that year. So when the Deftones played on the Warp Tour, Max went over and he sang on the song. So they did the song together. And that was fucking cool because I actually got to see that. And that was one of my, at the time, that was, that was one of the songs I really loved because I was, um, I love Sepultura and um, the first Soulfly record was really good and that was released after he quit Sepultura. And so Soulfly, like Sepultura was getting into the kind of like the new metal sound and um, Soulfly probably got lumped into that a little bit as well, but they were way more aggressive. can't say that I remember a whole lot from that gig aside from the fact that I got to see Max sing that song with the Deftones but um yeah I'd have to actually look up the lineup I do remember seeing I got to see Rancid and No Effects at that Warp Tour and that was No Effects's pit was fucking insane like it was a, it was a crazy it was a crazy fucking concert because you had you had punk and metal, and you just kind of intermixed, and everybody just kind of goes wherever you wanted to go. And I know I went with a bunch of friends, and fuck, I don't even know where half of them were at the time, because it was just like, oh, they're over here, over here, over here. Um, and the weird thing is, like, I brought up OzFest to people, and they don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about. It's like, you you don't remember that? Like, this huge metal show over in Somerset? Mm-hmm. All right, dude, whatever. Um, so yeah, Around the Fur, my favorite songs off that record, um, track number one, My Own Summer, um, Be Quiet and Drive, cause, yeah, you can't fucking, you can't fucking beat that shit, um, Die the Flu and, uh, I think it's Labia, that's how you pronounce it, and I found the... I found with a lot of Deftones records, one of my favorite songs ends up being the first track on the record. Like it, they have a, they're really good at putting an opening song to bring you into the record and just get you stoked on it. It's like, yeah, adrenaline around the fur. Um, White Pony doesn't have it, but. The self-titled one, Saturday Night Wrist, Diamond Eyes, Kaino Yokan, and Gore. Yeah, so basically all their fucking records to me, aside from White Pony, their first track, which was pretty cool. Uh, that would that brings us to White Pony, released June twentieth, two thousand, and um, this is one of their, this is one of their albums that um, actually I think it celebrated its yeah it celebrated its 20th in June 
20th anniversary for this fucking record. Jesus Christ. I was, that would have made me 22, 23 when it came out. And, uh, um, I was with my, my wife at the time. She was my, she was my girlfriend. And, um, I do remember we were at her place. We were in her room and she had, uh, she had MTV on. And they said that they were going to play the new Deftones video, and I hadn't heard it yet. And that ended up being the, the first single, and it was Change in the House of Flies. And uh, I liked it immediately. Because, like, by then, you know, I'd, I'd probably listen to those first two Deftones records like a hundred times a piece. And I'm like, yeah, I, anything, they're, anything they got, I'm ready to go. And White Pony is no exception. Um, Change in the House of Flies is a, it's kind of like a, it's more of a chill song. And, you know, initially I thought when, when the Deftones said that they were going to have a DJ as their member, I was like, ah, because it seemed like every new metal band was kind of putting a DJ in their band. It was like, that was a staple of a new metal band was to have a DJ or a turntablist, you know, cause like Slipknot was in there. I think their first record came out in like 99, but, um, I was just like, man, I was like, I don't want to hear like scratching, like record scratching over the fucking Deftones shit. Cause their stuff's just way too good. I don't want to hear that. And I was totally fucking wrong about the way they used their turntablist. He used it more as adding soundscapes and, um, experimental noise and stuff, and it works really, really well with their sound. And I was, and I'm glad that I was wrong about that because as soon as I heard "Change in the House of Flies," I was like, "Oh, that's what they're talking about," because it just adds this other, like, ethereal element to the song. It's awesome. It's like it's it's haunting and just it's got this like Deftones have a fucking groove in their stuff, and it's just once they've got that head bob going, like, they've fucking got you. And it's, they're fucking, Abe Cunningham is their drummer. He's fucking amazing. Um, he just has this, sometimes he has this, he can just fucking lock into this groove through the whole fucking song and just drives, it just drives it through. The drums just drive through that fucking song and you're just in it and you're just like, your head just, your head bobs through the whole thing. It's like, they've got you on it. And I think change does that. Change the House of Flies. It's got a, it's like right off the bat when the drums come in, it's got a fucking groove and you're in it. And it is one of my favorite songs off the record. Track number two is uh, Digital Bath. And that is probably my favorite Deftone song ever. Um, my, my friend Chris called it the ultimate bong hit song. <laughs> Which it very well could be, but I have never hit the bong to that song. Um, and it's... I can tell you, though, probably for the longest time, every single time I heard that song, um, I don't know, months, 
years, as much as I listen to it, every single time I listen to it, I got goosebumps from it. It's just like, it's one of those things, especially with Chino's vocals, especially on that fucking song. He just like, he goes into the higher register and it just like, it's like, holy shit. And I just got him right now thinking about it. And I've never, I've never heard him play the song live. And I know a lot of people talk about this song. Um, they say that he can't really hit those notes live. There's not many instances where they've seen him live where he's nailed it. Um, you know, sometimes that happens when you're, you're in the studio and you have time, endless time to kind of perfect the sound. And then when you go out and you're playing a whole show and, you know, there's all kinds of factors that are involved in that. And you, you know, you can't do it like you did in the studio. So it's, I guess I, I'm not really that upset that I haven't heard it live. Strange to say. Because, you know, I think a lot of people would want to hear their favorite song from a band. And they'd want to hear it live if they went to the concert. But it's like, okay, well, I kind of feel like if you can't, if you can't match it, it's cool if I don't hear it, you know? I'll just, I'll listen to the, the studio version and it's fucking great, you know? I'm cool with that. And so I am. I've never heard it live. Um... So Digital Bath, Change in the House of Flies, and Teenager, which is another, um, that's just another fucking chill song. I think it's just, um, it's just Chino singing over, and I think maybe uh, Frank, Frank is the turntablist, and I think, I think it's just the two of them. It's just kind of like this electronic beat, and I don't know. It's, I know it's just one of the songs that always jumped out, and I, I think I'm, I may, I have the CD, and I think this is the only, um, I think this is the only, uh, or like the first Deftones record I bought on CD. I could be lying about that, fuck if I know, <laughs> it was so fucking long ago, it was 20 goddamn years, but um, I never skipped that song. Because it's, it's like it starts off, it sounds like a record, like a needle going on a record, and it's got a little scratch to it, and then it's like a little a little beat, and then Chino comes in and sings, and it's just a chill tune. And then I kind of had to, it's kind of a toss-up between uh, Knife Party and Pink Maggot. Um, Pink Maggot is the last song on the record, and... Uh, it's one of those, it's, I remember specifically that song. I always used to, I never skipped that one either. And I always cranked it fucking loud as shit. That's why I don't have any speakers in any of my cars from back then is because uh, everything was always fucking loud. But I'm pretty sure anytime I played Pantera, that's what threw it over the line. Because I did, I did, uh, I did use Pantera to blow out speakers in like three cars. Two of them were my mom's. <laughs> she wasn't very happy about it. I was like, well, I like loud music. Um, yeah, 
Knife Party, I think it's um, it has skin from uh, Skunk and Assy on it. She does a, a guest vocal. And, um, you know, Maynard, Maynard Keenan's also on the record um, with the song Passenger, which is also good. I mean, it was actually kind of difficult to choose some of the other tunes. Like, Digital Bath and Change were fucking easy because those have been staples in my brain for years. And it's like when you listen to the whole record, it's like, yeah, I really like this song. Yeah, I like this song, too. It's like, honestly, I could tell you that the first three fucking records, like, Anywhere the Needle Drops is, is just great. Just fucking listen to it. Uh, I don't think... Um, yeah, and I don't understand why. Like I, like for White Pony, like why I never went and saw the Deftones on that tour. I have no idea. I have no idea. It doesn't make any sense. Like I think back to that. Like I was in, I was in the band at the time, and um, the guitar player, my friend Chris, is a he's a big Deftones fan. He has a he has the White Pony tattoo. Um. Yeah, we never went and saw him live. Like. It, for some reason, it's weird. I don't know what's up with that. Maybe we were too focused on ourselves, like our our own music, and who fucking knows? I have no idea. But that's a good segue into uh, this the next one. Deftones, Deftones self-titled record, May twentieth, two thousand three. Um, the first single off it was the song Minerva, track three, and it's a good tune. It's a really good tune, um, but it is not one of my favorite songs on the record. Uh, only thing I remember about this one is uh, my wife and I were, um, we drove up to Minnesota, where I currently live, and uh, we're from, I'm originally from Iowa, and we used to drive up to um, the cities shows all the time i used to drive it to first avenue all the time to go to shows and once i was able to go to concerts on my own um and i think we just took a like a weekend or something we went up to the cities and on uh, on the way home i picked up this record the cd which i still have and kind of just i don't know that's just what i remember i remember buying it and i just listened to it on the way and I think it was, I guess I don't know as far as how many times I listened to this record, but I listened to it enough that uh, if I go through the whole thing, it I, remi it I remember it. I remember riffs, I remember guitar lines, I mean, riffs, guitar lines, same fucking thing, but I remember that stuff, I remember drum parts, I remember bass lines, I remember lyrics, so... Um, I kind of feel though it's it may be one of the records that I haven't spent as much time as you know like maybe the first three records or later records like uh, Saturday Night Wrist and Diamondizing Koinonia Khan. But as far as uh, my favorite tunes, Hexagram Track One, right off the bat coming out the gate, storming fucking badass song. Um, Bloody Cape, which is another, which is another heavier song. I really like the one of the one of the things about the Deftones is um, their 
guitar player, Steph, is a fucking, he's just a fucking beast when it comes to, um, like, heavy fucking riffs. And it seems like he keeps he keeps adding a string for, like, each record. He keeps adding a string to his guitar. So, like, he initially started out with six string, and he worked his way up. It'd, like, it'd, it'd go to seven, and then would go to eight. And I'm pretty sure he has a nine-string guitar by now. <laughs> it's just, um, which, obviously, yeah, it wouldn't make sense. He would have at least, like, a fucking 15-string guitar by now, but... It's just like really heavy, fat, chunky, fucking heavy riffs. And that's that's like the he's the heavy part of the Deftones. And then Chino is like the lighter stuff with the vocals. And it's that juxtaposition, like I said before, is is one of my favorite things about it. And um, another one is uh, anniversary of an uninteresting event, which is just another chill it's just a chill tune it's just basically chino singing over some electronic stuff um it's just like a really it's just a really cool trippy chill out song toward the end of the record and um i actually did kind of have a hard time choosing a couple favorite songs off of this record but uh, I initially ended up with um, the last song that I liked was "When Girls Telephone Boys," and I tried to go for mo- most of most of the time. It's like uh, some of the heavier songs, and some of the stuff where like it could be a, like a really cool riff part or something, and that's just what I really liked about it. And. Um, the other thing I forgot <laughs> um, was the second time that I saw the Deftones. Third. Fucking A. I've seen them four times. Okay. So, yeah, the first one was Korn and Ozzy. And I think the second one, that might have actually been the third one. Well, anyway, I saw them with uh, the first time I saw Pantera. So, that would have been Pantera, White Zombie. I Hate God and the Deftones. And uh, my friend Corey took us up there. And um, that show we actually had, um, we had after show passes because he is, uh, he's friends with a guy that knew Pantera personally. And um, I'll talk about that show on another episode of the podcast, probably in December when I do, I'm going to do a Dimebag one and a Pantera one total. Pantera is one of my top four, like one of my big four bands, and I'll get into that. Um, but yeah, we were really stoked about it because it was Pantera, and, and it was a Deftones, and I fucking love White Zombie. So it was like, the, it was the War of the Gargantuans tour, and it was at the Target Center. And uh, we went to, like, we, we get into the gig, and I think... We got really close to the front. We were off on the side, um, like by the barrier or whatever. And we were right up on the front for the Deftones. And I think we were actually sitting up on this. There was like a wall that we could sit on. So we were up there. And we watched the Deftones. Oh, wait. I Hate God opened the show. That's right. So we watched I Hate God. 
and I'd never heard their fucking music before. I had no idea what they sounded like. I never didn't know where they were from. But if you don't know, they're from uh, Louisiana. They're like a sludgy, fucking doomy, heavy fucking band. They're good. But at the time, I was like, I had no idea who they were. And the one thing I remember is their singer goes, it's okay to punch people in the face. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to stay the fuck out of that pit. <laughs> they do things differently in other parts of the country as far as concerts go. So, yeah, for like a, you know, a kid that's like 19, 20, however old I was, seeing that kind of stuff, I was like, holy fuck, like they do that? It's like, if I would have grown up in the hardcore scene and seen what people do there, the hardcore and the punk scene, like this is a, a completely new fucking world. But, um, yeah, we watched that, and then the Deftones come on, and they're fucking awesome. And I know um, I know Corey wanted to meet Chino, which we never did. He was hoping that we'd get to hang out with him. But um, I think it was after, we for after the Deftones were over, we just stayed in our spot, and then White Diamond came on, and then the crowd started getting a little bit more crazy, and we noticed that we were moving like we were sitting on this wall and we know that the crowd was basically forcing us to slide sideways on this wall and we were getting like really close to the barricade where we would go over the barricade i guess and it was like the it was just getting fucking crazy and Corey's like hey you think we should fucking get out of here for a minute it's like yeah so we just you know it was a general admission show which i fucking wish that all goddamn concerts were general admission instead of having fucking seats everywhere. It's like, oh, you got to sit here. You got to sit here. And it's like, fuck, I hate going to shows and sitting in a seat. It's bullshit. I, I went to so many shows back in the day that were like, here, it's a general admission show. You go to the show and you just enjoy it. You're either on the floor. If you get tired, you can go up and sit in a fucking seat. It's not like that anymore. You got all these different fucking tiers. It's like, just give me fucking one price. They don't do that shit stupid. So I remember we hightailed it up to like the top of the fucking arena. We just like, there's some empty seats up there. So we just went up there. We're hanging out, watching the show and like watching White Zombie. And then Corey's like, um, I think he's, I think he spotted his friend, his friend Ted, who helped, you know, who we met up at the show. I think he saw him in um, in the soundboard area. He's like, hey, dude, Ted's down there. Let's go talk to him. So we went down there, and he got a hold of him, and he's like, yeah, yeah, these guys are cool. He's like, I know these guys. It's like, okay. So we got to sit in there, and we sat right at the fucking soundboard, and we got to watch Pantera from the soundboard area. And, like, when we were in there, Steph – from the Deftones was in there. And Corey was like, oh man, that's Steph right there. So it's like, yeah, dude, go fucking talk to him. And like, I, I think I, I think I shook his hand. I said, hello. I think I shook his hand and Corey was standing there talking to him. And, uh, Steph was trying to tell him that there was like a girl that was over there was flashing. And he's like, dude, it's like, check it out. She's flashing. And Corey's like, where? 
and he goes, he takes Corey's head. He goes, there, dude. And it's like turns his head over. It's like, yeah. And Corey was pretty, he was pretty stoked on that. That was pretty funny. But, uh, yeah. So, I mean, you got to meet Steph. You got to say hi to him. He just, he basically sat there the whole time and smoked weed and uh, checked out, just checked out the crowd. And, yeah. I'll definitely talk about that show a little bit more in December, probably. Um, yeah, so Deftones fourth record—it's kind of—it uh, seems like it's more of a like they're like more of a metal record. It's got a fucking skull on the front, and it's a really cool cover. And if you ever were gonna do like a battle jacket, that'd be a sick back patch right there. Or just a regular patch at all. Um, moving on. Saturday Night Wrist. Released on Halloween 2006. Um, I was living in Nebraska at this point. Um, my wife and I were down there. She, um, she actually moved to Colorado in... Uh, when did she move there? 2005, I think. She moved to Colorado to go to uh, to go to school, and then um, later on, I followed her out there, and then um, we moved to. Fuck, I could be wrong about the date. I don't. I don't even know right now, dude. It's like three in the morning. <laughs> um. Yeah, she was doing an internship at the zoo in Omaha and yeah we were living there and I was working for a drywall company when this record came out that's what I was doing down there and I've listened to this I've listened to Saturday Night Wrist a million fucking times um I'm not even sure I knew that it was coming out because I mean we had the internet but um I don't even know like I can't remember if I was still buying like music magazines to find out like release dates and stuff. So I'm not even really sure when I found out that it was available. I may have just heard it offhand or something or whatever. But um, yeah, I was like, well, it's a Deftones. I'm going to go get it. So I picked it up. And. Um, First single, Hole in the Earth, track one, one of my favorite songs. Um, it's also on the Guitar Hero 3. It was a um, it was downloadable content, and I loved playing it because it was, it was just so much fun to actually kind of, you get to play the song, so you get to sit with the song, and you actually, it gets in your brain a little bit and helps you, I think it helps you appreciate the music a little bit more. I've noticed that with a lot of Guitar Hero stuff, if you hadn't really... Like, you'd heard the song a million times, but you actually sit there and you play the song. And you have to, you know, you're trying to concentrate on getting all the notes and everything. And you kind of appreciate the, the structure of the of the song itself. And um, Hole in the Earth was just, it was a lot of fun to play. Um, this record, too, um, I think the band nearly broke up during the making of this record. I think there was a lot of... Um, 
I guess there was some infighting. There was some personal. Every, I think some some of the guys had some personal struggles. So I think it was a hard record for them to make. And like the last time I saw them, um, they didn't even play any anything off of this record. Which I was thinking they at least play Hole in the Earth, but they didn't. I mean, the lyrics anyway are kind of you can kind of tell that there was some shit going on. It's like it's very fucking obvious. Um, it's like wow, I'm pretty sure he's talking about the band, you know. <laughs> but uh, they persevered. They made it through. And um. My favorite songs off this fucking record are Hole in the Earth, Sherry Waves, Beware, and Xerxes. And um, honestly, that's like, like I said, um, I lived in Nebraska for about two years, and I listened to this record a lot when I was there. So if I play it, it does it does remind me of living there it's it's got that certain vibe it's kind of like you know you haven't heard a song or in a long time but when you do it has that nostalgia factor it's like oh man it's like this is it's kind of like nirvana for me if i hear nirvana or like if i would see the come as you are video it's like it's almost like an instant teleport back to the fucking 90s um and this is kind of like that for me um period of time when I lived in Nebraska and I lived I listened to it all the time it's a really good record um I don't think it's I don't think it's really as abrasive as like the last as their self-titled record um they've got like a straight up fucking they get a song in here called pink cell phone and it's just a straight up uh like a spoken word thing with some electronic beats behind it. And she's talking, this girl's talking about hot Carling and circumcised dicks and butt fucking. It's like a weird, <laughs> it's just like a weird fucking song. But yeah, that's on there. And then, you know, one of the things about the tones is that they do, like Chino will, um, he writes these songs, and then he gives them song titles that have nothing to do with the song itself. So, I mean, it's like Hole in the Earth does. They actually use that. Um, but then there's a song. It's it's up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, A, B, select, start. That's one of their songs. It doesn't have anything to do with Contra, <laughs> but it's on there. I'd say that's probably one of my that's probably one of my favorite Deftones records. And I don't know I don't know, maybe I just felt the songs were more accessible than the, the previous record. I really don't know what it was, but I listened to the fuck out of it and I could I put it I mean when I listened to it the other day it still like, I still just went through the whole thing. It was just like, yeah, I remember this. Oh, yeah, this riff right here. Yeah, this part. It's in there. That brings us to Diamond Eyes. May 4th, 2010. Um, I was living up here. Minnesota. Broke as fuck. Um, the Deftones actually were supposed to release 
another record in between these two, Saturday Night Wrist and Diamond Eyes, but um, it was called Eros. Uh, but their bass player was involved in a car accident, and subsequently um, he died in 2013, I think it was. Which sucks, because um, that was Chi. He was a bass player, and um, when you were first exposed to the Deftones, like, he's, he's this wa like dreadlock bass player just fucking going off all the time just you know, like he's he's got the background vocals he's screaming that stuff and he's just like dreads are flying and it's he's like you had chi and you had steph and you had like the two most metal fucking guys on stage and they're just both going off on it and it really sucked that that happened to him and i think that that really sucked for the band i mean it is like a you know, that's like, that's losing a very identifiable member of your band that everybody loved. It's like, he just seemed like a really cool, chill dude. And, um, he, yeah, he got, I guess he got, uh, he got hit on an off-ramp in California. And he was in a coma for, like, fuck, like six years or something. Like, and he, or he was in a mild... barely aware state I think it was I'm not really sure but it sucked and they had um they had a friend of theirs I think his name is his name is Sergio Vega um, he's a bass player for the band Quicksand who I'm not familiar with but he's a friend of the band and um he's done a great job filling the shoes um Diamond Eyes is actually uh I think this is when I actually saw them for the, the last time that I saw them. And it was, uh, I saw them at First Avenue. It was like a $25 ticket. The place was, it was fucking sold out. It was packed like sardines in there, man. You couldn't even move. And of course, I have to have a motherfucker with an afro standing right in front of me. And I think it was a white guy with an afro. And he was like six fucking foot with an afro. Jesus Christ. So it's like me leaning to see around his fucking head. And like, seriously, we were like, like uh, shoulder to shoulder in that place. Like you could not move at all. And if you left to go to the bathroom, you're going to lose your spot. Uh, seriously, man, if you got a, if you got a big fucking head of hair and you're that tall, like I know that they were going to, I know you're going to complain about, well, I should get to stand wherever the fuck I want. Yeah, but you can see the entire fucking show from anywhere in the goddamn building. And you gotta stand right in the fucking middle. It's like, work your way up to the front, or get there early and go to the front of the fucking stage so that nobody has to look over your big-ass head. And, dude, that's a problem. Like, I think that's a fucking problem with, any, like, almost anybody. And the shitty thing is, it's like, that guy's standing right in fucking front of me. And I'm like, I'm trying to move. I'm trying to see the show. And this girl taps me on the back. And she's like, hey, she's like, can you, she's like, you're like, I think she's, she was giving me a little bit of shit. And because I was moving and I think she was annoyed that I was moving because then she can't see. And I'm like, I turn and I point. I'm like, look, <laughs> I was like this dude right here in my face. I can't see. And she's like, oh, and, and I look at her. That chick was probably like four and a half feet tall. <laughs> so 
I felt bad for her because she can't even fucking see anything at all. And dude, it was loud as fuck too. But it was a good show. They didn't play my favorite song off the Diamond Eyes, which I'm not. A Wait, no, they did. They did. My bad. That's that's what I was thinking. Is because I thought they were. I was I was actually going there and knowing everything that I knew about people talking about digital bath. I was actually hoping that they wouldn't play it because they kind of didn't want it ruined. Because I guess sometimes if you know. Because I've seen, I've seen some bands that you get really high hopes for and you go and it's like the band sounded like shit or, you know, the the mix wasn't very good or somebody was drunk as fuck and it just the show sucked and it kind of it kind of turns you off from the music, you know, and things happen. You know, I, I was in a band. We played shitty shows. Um, so I actually, you know, I went there hoping that they wouldn't play Digital Bath. And I was like, if they don't play it, that's cool. It's like, but I'm kind of hoping they don't because I haven't heard the best things online about it when people say that they've seen it live. So it's cool. I didn't get to see it, but um, they did play my favorite song off the record. And I, I, I think it was awesome. I can't really remember that much. I just remember the dude with the afro standing in my way. And I remember the asshole scalper on the outside that I wanted to fucking punch in the face because those tickets for that show were 25 bucks, 25 bucks. This asshole is out on the fucking sidewalk and he's selling those tickets for 80 bucks a piece. Fucking dick. He does. He probably couldn't even tell you one Deftones record. He probably couldn't even give you five Deftones songs. Just fucking that. That shit is just. I fucking hate scalpers, man. And he's up, you know, he's walking up and down trying to sell tickets. And some guy comes up, like, yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, man, 80 bucks. I was like, Jesus Christ. Those are $25 tickets. I'm charging fucking 80 bucks for a sold out show. It's just fucking bullshit. I also do remember that Nickelback was playing across the street <laughs> at the Target Center. Like, First Avenue and the Target Center are directly across from each other. So, you see all these fucking tool-looking motherfuckers going to see Nickelback. Who else the fuck was playing there? It was like Nickelback and uh, third, three, uh, three Days Grace, I think it was. But people are, like, walking by us, and they're like, uh, is this the line for Nickelback? <laughs> it's like, uh, that's across the street. It's, <laughs> it's fucking A. There's people like, you know, these people have probably never been to a concert in their life. It's like now they got to walk downtown Minneapolis and then don't even know where the fuck they're going. It's like, oh, yeah, I heard a couple of Nickelback songs on the radio. It's like we're all just, most of us in line are just like, <laughs> you're going to see Nickelback, dude. Like, you should go in here. The music is way better. Um. Diamond Eyes, man, I have, I've listened to this record a lot as well. Um, my friend Aaron was cool enough to, um, he burned it for me. I guess, uh, I think it leaked online like a week earlier or something. And um, he, I asked him if he could burn it for me because I, um, at the time, 
I was fucking broke as shit. I had, uh, I was working at Best Buy and didn't, I was working part time. And I think at the, I think then, what is this, like 2010? Yeah. So by then, I actually was, uh, I was working three jobs. <laughs> I was working at Best Buy. I was working for the, the library, the county library, and uh, I was working at a pizza place. And trying to manage all three of those fucking things. Um, not easy, but I did it. Got a lot of free pizza. Um, and my friend Aaron, who sadly is no longer with us, uh, was cool enough to do that for me. I think he was kind of reluctant to do it. He might have been. But he's one of the coolest guys I've ever fucking met in my life, and he brought it to me. And he put, like, he put, hey, Doug, on the CD that he burned. I still have that CD. I just thought that was really cool. And I listened to that record a lot and loud. And that's why I don't have any speakers in my car right now. Because I like loud music. And I blew it out with fucking Deftones and Pantera and anything else. Um, as far as this record... Uh, yeah, Diamond Eyes, title track, first track, great fucking intro to that, that CD, um, and then the next, uh, the next three songs that are my favorite are all, like, basically right in a row, and it goes, um, the song Prince, Rocket Skates, and Sex Tape, Sex Tape is my favorite song off the record, and it kind of, Sex Tape reminds me a little bit of Digital Bath. It's just kind of got that ethereal, that ethereal thing going on, and it's got these, like, quiet, loud dynamics. That's actually what I was trying to get across before, um, but it does. It has that, um, it starts off really chill, and then it gets into this loud part in the chorus, and just, it just fills the whole sound. Like, it just fills everything up. It's just... It's amazing. It's an amazing fucking song. I know it's like if if I were to if you were to ask me, what would you like? What songs would you recommend if I wanted to get into the Deftones? And I'd say, well, dude, check out Digital Bath. Check out Sex Tape. Check out My Own Summer. Check out Change. Hole in the Earth. I mean, that's what I would say. I think those are really good examples of that fucking band. I mean, it, and honestly, if you could listen to, I think you could listen to uh, Sex Tape and Digital Bath, and you would be a fan of the band. I'm like, yeah, this is really good. And I would also suggest, if you're going to do that, headphones or really, really fucking loud music like just crank it in your car or if you had a nice sound system at home just crank it up especially digital bath man just crank it up and just lay on the floor and just soak up the fucking riffs just soak it up i would like to actually do that with like get a sound system where i'm actually able to do that with music because if you ever could it's amazing to do i've only done it a few times in my life Um, 
honestly, Diamond Eyes is one of the, is one Deftones record that I go back to a lot. Um, I go, I think I go back to that one more than I do like White Pony or even Around the Fur. I don't know why, but it's just it's an amazing record, and I I think I had some hesitation because I was like, well, it doesn't have chi on it. It's like, what's it gonna sound like? It's like, is it? Cause Chi has this. He had these bass lines, man. They were just like, uh, they just kind of like this. They kind of like float underneath the guitar line, and then when the guitar comes out, it's like you can just hear him just kind of like, I don't know, like this, like, like water, like it's just like this floating, this chill floating bass line in there, and. I was just like, wow, man, I don't know if it's, what's it going to sound like? But, dude, it works. It's it's fucking great. And I don't, you know, and I don't know that those, uh, I don't know that the bass player tries to be like that. I think he gets his own identity. So it's not really, um, he's not really trying to copy Chi. He just, he does his own thing and he, and he brings it, and it's good. And Diamond Eyes is fucking awesome. And I'll go to uh, Koinoyo Khan next. And to me, like these two records are basically they were like on a creative high when they made both of these. It seems, and they're only a couple years apart. This one was released on November thirteenth, twenty twelve, and uh, they're both like. I, I kind of feel like they're just like it was the natural su um, successor to Diamond Eyes, Koino Koino Yokan was. Uh, also with this record, one of my favorite songs, Swerve City, track number one. And then uh, the next three. This is actually the, another thing with Diamond Eyes and Koino Yokan is. I love the first track on both of these records. And then my other three favorite tracks are right next to, like, in succession to each other. So it's like Prince, Rocket Skate, Sex Tape on Diamond Eyes, and then you've got, um, I think it's Poltergeist. No, it's Leathers, Poltergeist, and then Entombed on Koyo Khan. I also had to put a uh, honorable mention for the song Rosemary on No Yokan because I I couldn't I couldn't decide between the two between Poltergeist and Rosemary because when I I hadn't heard it in a while and then when I listened to it I was like yeah this is this is one of the songs toward the end of the record where um it's one of those ones that I just always remember. It seems like it, it's one of those. It's like a puzzle piece. Like if that wasn't if that wasn't on the record, it wouldn't it wouldn't work. And I think Rosemary was one of, if I'm not mistaken, that was actually their first single. I think it was. I'm gonna look. No, <laughs> it was Tempest. But I think it I think it showed up. I think it was like a I think it showed up online. It was like a live version or something. Um, 
I think they just had a, a record or um I think they played a show and then they played a new song and it was Rosemary and it got leaked and somebody posted it online and so um I was anytime that I was on the internet I was always checking this uh like metal news sites and you know checking for tour news or new records or stuff and then it's like you know new deftones song shows up uh you know somebody had fan like fan film footage of it and that shows up on online so um yeah i i mean i think i listened to it but i was like yeah it sounds cool it's like but i'm just gonna wait for the record because you know it's somebody's filming it with a fucking cell phone so it's not really going to be an adequate representation of the song so i just who gives a shit and yeah, it it's uh, definitely an honorable mention for that record. I probably listened to this one just a little bit less than Diamond Eyes, but um, it's like those two, man. You could just put them together and just wherever the needle drops on it, and it's fucking good. Um, just fucking good shit. And that brings us to their eighth record, Gore. Um, this is the first record they have that I had actually a hard time getting into. Um, I recently, I listened to it today and it actually seems better to me today than it did the last three times I've listened to it. So I've honestly only listened to this record probably four times. And um, I had high hopes for it because um, one of my favorite songs is um, first track, Prayers Triangles. Um, and they had a really, they had a really weird, <laughs> they had a weird video for it. And it was, it's, it's Flamingos. That's on the cover of the record. It's called Gore. But it, the cover of the record is a whole bunch of flamingos in flight. And I remember Chino talking about that. He said he likes to put, he likes to put images and words that don't mix together. And it is. It's a really cool juxtaposition. Like I said, I've used that word like four times in this fucking podcast, but that's what it is. And it's like, yeah, here's here's this cool record called Gore, but there's a bunch of flamingos on it. It's like, yeah. That's art, man. Um, but yeah, this is the first Deftones record that I've had a... I, did not initially like when I heard it all the way through. I was like, well, it's like something's not right. Something doesn't work for me. And I think, honestly, I think one of the things, probably the main thing, is that um, the guitar player, Steph, I guess he wasn't as involved with the writing on this one as he is on every other Deftones record. And that's... I honestly kind of feel like that's what's missing on this record for me is a lot more guitar riffs, like like the really heavy, like Steph's presence on this feels like that's what's missing to me. And I could be wrong, but I mean, I listen to all these in succession and that's what I really love about these records is like Steph's presence with the guitar. It's like it's there, it's always there. And this one didn't seem to have as much of that. I mean, there are some 
there's some i mean i think i picked out the pretty heavier songs like uh prayers triangles reminded me like it's a deftone song it reminded me of that um of their sound so it's like it it put me in there and like yeah okay cool this is gonna be another cool deftones record but then the rest of it just kind of threw me for a loop because i think it was um chino and sergio were the guys that basically did a lot of the writing for this one um doomed user is one of the tracks i enjoy that's track three uh it's more of a heavier song um hearts wires is another one toward the middle of the record and um phantom bride which actually has a guitar solo from uh Jerry Cantrell from Alice in Chains, which I did not know. So, uh, when I was listening to this today, um, I was kind of like I was I was playing with I was playing with my kids, and I had this on in the background, which which I find has helped me in the past, kind of get some other music, like um, like Napalm Death, for instance. I had that um, I just had that playing once in the background when I was doing some other things and it's it's one of those it caught me and I go it's like well that was a cool riff you know and it like it catches your attention out of nowhere and you go oh yeah that was really cool and I think it actually it's like a, it's like a switch and your brain goes off and you go oh that's what it is and then it you understand it better like where something didn't click with the music before and I think that actually happened with this record now. It's because I was, I wasn't concentrating on just listening to that. It was kind of like, I've heard the record before. I was kind of just going through it to see like, which which songs I really enjoyed on it because that's what I, the whole fucking point of this was. And I was like, well, what four songs off of this record do I like the most? It's like I know it was going to be hard because I know I liked at least two, but the rest of it was kind of like a curveball for me. But then, you know, the music's in the back, and I could hear him. It's like, well, maybe this record isn't as bad as I thought it was. I mean, not that it was a bad record. It's just, it didn't, it didn't catch me. It's, it's the l record I've listened to the least out of all of these of theirs. But I kind of feel like I need to give it another shot, maybe another couple shots, because it was actually, it's pretty good. I was kind of surprised. But yeah, um, I definitely will be giving it another shot. Um, so their uh, new record, Ohms, that comes out on Friday, the 25th, next week. And like I said before, uh, they've released two songs already. And they sound pretty fucking good. Um, both the, they've released videos for both the songs, Ohms and Genesis, and they're both like, they're both black and white, stark, kind of bleak, but the music, I guess, um, people are talking about, it, it's kind of reminds them of, I think when they were talking about it, it reminds them more of like White Pony or like their earlier stuff. So nothing wrong with that at all. Um, the track Genesis that they played. Um, it's pretty fucking heavy. I've only listened to, I've listened to the, each of the songs twice, but, um, I think maybe what I need to do is I need to listen to it and I need to like close my eyes and just kind of 
zone out to it just to kind of just shut off from everything else. Because I think a lot of times when I'm listening to music, I'm, I might be on my phone or I might be distracted. So I'm not really, I'm not really absorbing it like I used to before I had a fucking cell phone. So I find that I, I can, I find I need to do that more often is just sit with the music. And I hope you do too, because we're just like really way too distracted with our phones. I know I am for sure. Um, I did forget. Well, actually, I didn't forget. I was just kind of saving it for last. Um, somewhere in between. I don't know when the fuck they released this. Oh, uh, yeah. October 4th of 2005. They released uh, Deftones B-Sides and Rarities, which would be in between um, the self-titled and Saturday Night Wrist. Um, and this has got a lot of uh, a lot of cover songs. It's actually a, it's a CD DVD. It's got all their um, it's got all their videos on it on the DVD, and the CD version the CD has just a bunch of cover songs and some acoustic versions of some of their songs. So they have an acoustic version of Change, which is really 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 fucking good, and Digital Bath and Be Quiet and Drive. And then, I mean, the the cover songs, man, they're just, they're all over the place, really. As far as their, um, what they listen to, like, if you heard the Deftones, it's like, yeah, these guys are really fucking heavy. And it's like, what do they, what do they listen to? Like, what, what kind of, uh, what kind of covers are they going to do? But it's like, um, it kind of throws you for a loop, man, because they've got, uh, they got a Sade cover, and The Cure, The Smiths, Duran Duran, Helmet, Leonard Skinner, Cockatoo Twins. Like this stuff is just all over the map, and that's that's what makes a band really fucking unique is when they have these influences. Like all these guys have different influences. You know, like uh, she she was big like he had an iron maiden t-shirt and that's how um one of the guys noticed him it's just like oh this guy's a metal guy so like he was an iron maiden and he was into like um he had a spoken word poetry cd and steph was one in the metal and then chino was into you know the smiths and the cure and you can tell that in his vocals because he's got that that quiet and loud thing and you know, he's like, he whispers and just croons and sings. And then he can scream like a madman. And it's like this, these two opposites. And it's, I think it's, I think it's really fucking badass when you've got like, I mean, it's bound to happen too. You got five different people in a band. Not everybody's going to have the exact same fucking influences. So you know, that guy might like Jimi Hendrix and that guy might like Cannibal Corpse and then they're going to bring the two together somehow and it's going to come up with something interesting. And so that's what the Deftones do. They're, I don't think anybody sounds like them. Um, and I was listening to this record today because uh, I had actually forgotten about that, that acoustic version of Change and 
their cover of Simple Man, Skinner, it's fucking awesome. And the Sade cover, No Ordinary Love, that was really good too. They do a good job of uh, of cover songs. They make it their own. And I mean, it's not like uh, Simple Man was, it didn't seem like it was too far off the beaten path with as far as the guitar lines go in the song, but I mean, it's Chino singing and he does a really good job of it. I don't know if I don't know many people that probably have this record. I don't even think I knew that it was available. I think it just went into the record store and there it was. It's like, oh, well, I gotta have that. It's a Deftones record. So, yeah, and it's got all their all their videos on it, which is really cool. I remember, you know, those were actually those were on uh, MTV a lot back in the day. So. There's that. That's really about all I got as far as the Deftones. Um, yeah, like I said, they're they're one of my favorite bands. They're one of the bands that I followed ever since their my introduction to them. Um, I can't say that I don't own all their records. I don't own Diamond Eyes or Koinoyo Khan. Basically, one of them was a burn CD for me, and then the other one, um, I think that also was a burn CD. So, sorry guys, I didn't buy those two. But if I ever see them, I'm going to buy them, because I'm a completist when it comes to certain bands. And, uh, yeah, the Deftones were on tour, were supposed to be on tour this year with uh, Gojira, who I have seen live, who are fucking amazing, and Poppy, who also is... A fucking curveball, but I loved it, and I actually really wanted to go see that show. But I was going to see Kill Switch Engage, and you know, like Kill Switch Engage in April, and then I was going to see Rage Against the Machine in May. And obviously, coronavirus just told everybody to get fucked, and so I missed that. And then the Deftones were coming. It's like, what the fuck? Like, I could not believe all the concerts that were coming to this the fucking cities. It was nuts. Like, everybody is like, every fucking week was something getting, like, released. Like, Primus was coming, and they were going to do a whole fucking Rush album. And, like, the Deftones were coming. And then Megadeth and Lamb of God were going to tour. And it's like one after the other. And Tool was coming. And it's like, what the fuck are you trying to bankrupt everybody for? Like, like what concert's going to be announced this fucking week? It's <laughs> it was just ridiculous. So, hopefully, hopefully next year, hopefully we'll get the concerts back. Because I mean, dude, I gotta be honest. I would probably pay a scalper's price to go to a fucking concert right now, if I could do it safely and I didn't have to worry about anything. I would probably fucking do it. That's just the way it goes. But. I think that's a good spot right now to sign off. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. I've got a lot more in store. I've got a lot of shit to talk about. And if uh, if you want, join me. Uh, until then, I'll see you next time.